Lise Tolva, Martes Bien Vienna, along the Tuesday Onda. Means happy Tolva Tuesday. Oh, uh, it means happy Tolva Tuesday. Welcome to Wavelengths, but I typed it wrong. And then I said it wrong because I only did up to eighth grade Spanish. Yeah, darn. I waited three weeks to do that too. You would have thought ah. I would have practiced it once. Yeah, just say it out loud a couple times before we go live. Yeah, yeah I mean, I could have. All right. First number. That, though. <laughs> while I roll numbers, oh, 28, Bryce Martino, Theo Backman, Andrew Tolva, and Yeston Harris. Of course, 28, 45. What's that? 73. So you need a 27 or higher. 27 or lower. Whatever. 33. Andrew Tolva is going to be on a nice one today. Oh, come on. So, um, Yeston, I don't know about your country, but our country, a couple of states. Countries. Had a... I got what? two countries. Dual citizen. I've got two passports. Okay, well, I, I doubt either one of your countries had an election Thank today. Uh, no, no, we didn't. Uh, well, at, least, at least the ones that I can't devote in. Over here in the States, we had a couple <laughs> of government, uh, governor votes, some mayor things, board of education, whatnot. So Dog, I literally just voted on that. Yeah. Big election day. Mm. Big election day. But that means... Someone's got to go. Now, these guys won't be going forcefully because they lost an election fairly and squarely, allegedly. But sometimes you just got to get the big man or woman. It's 2021. You got to get them out of there. You got to impeach them. The NFL is no different. You got to get rid of the guy. Hopefully a woman one day. Becky Hammond should be there first, though, in the NBA. Different podcast, though. Uh, but you got to just get rid of the guy. So, Bryce, I'm going to let you go first. Then we're going to go Bryce, Theo, Yeston, and Tolva will give a reason why they should stay and support their families. And then when we circle back, <laughs> Bryce is going to give us somebody that should be the heir apparent. All right. All right. I'm glad he got me first because someone probably would have taken this, but I got to go Brian Flores here. Like this team, this team has had so much expectations to just have a down year. This, I don't think Flores has that locker room anymore, honestly. Like this team just does not play inspired anymore. Last year, we saw all these high or these huge plays, these wins. Now they're lucky to beat Jacksonville, Atlanta, barely beating those bottom of the tier teams. I mean, didn't they even, didn't they lose to Jacksonville even? Did they? Yeah, yeah, that was that, 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 miracle, that miracle, uh, miracle field goal to win. I say miracle, yes. it was a perfectly standard field goal. It just felt like a miracle for Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Mm. All right, well, I mean, I, I can't really disagree with that at all. You, uh, you kind of He's, he's he's I feel like he's the most obvious candidate we have here for a removal. I got I mean I not I might not have the reasoning as I would a, say Joe Judge. Uh, I was gonna go Mike Zimmer. They gotta get that old man out of there. 
Yeah. Oh, I was going to go judge. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that I'm shocked that I'm, I, I just went last here and nobody else said Matt Nagy. Yeah. yeah like, that's like obvious. You, you, can't, you can't fire <laughs> someone with COVID. I, I looked it up. You're not um, allowed to do it. <laughs> right. Well, in that case, wait for him to get back, you know, and then mm. send then, and then give him the day off and then fire him on a phone call. Oh, that's the most obvious one. I don't know how that flipped my mind. Yeah, but like, Judge, like though, that drive before halftime was one of the worst drives I've ever seen in the NFL. Like his whole thing is discipline, and the mm-hmm. Giants are the most undisciplined team in the NFL. They commit oh, yeah. the most stupid penalties. He did all this thing where he made everyone run laps all training camp. It's done nothing. He has had no impact on the culture. He's not improving the offense. He's not improving the defense. Joe Judge still wasting mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it is shocking because he he ju- I mean he just got there, really. Um, but he's uh, just unbelievably. Uh, he, he has he's a high remar- school way of yeah. coaching his teams. Yeah, he looks he looks like a rookie head coach. You know, this is what I think his second yeah. year with a head with you know at a head coaching position, and he's uh, he's coaching it like he's he's just walked into a high school team, and the only thing way that he knows how to punish them is by making them run laps. I mean, it's just stupid. You don't. You you can't be a you know, a consumer professional NFL head coach and not know You're how to claiming keep... the headsets for everything yeah. too. I just I'm never I'm never I'm never gonna get the kind of person who just goes yeah well you know my it was my headset that didn't work definitely not my the fact turtle beaches man yeah <laughs> <laughs> just shocking. I'm, Meanwhile, I'm you know, over in uh, Chicago, na- uh, having Nagy at home with COVID meant that Justin Fields has has, you know, has the best day of his career so far i mean um it just seems like the uh they they let the guys you know they let their coordinators do their jobs without interference and it was they were they were better off for it obviously it's a small sample size but the sample size with Nagy on board has been horrific so uh i mean i say yeah cut out Nagy. you might have the uh the right option on staff and if not there are plenty of offensive and defensive coordinators going to be looking for good jobs this offseason I'm glad Theo said Joe Judge in culture because living in New Jersey, I obviously get, you know, local New York sports, sports Mm -hmm. channels. And if you ever watch MSG, uh, by the way, Bill Pito interview a couple weeks ago back, pretty good one. Check it out. Sports Waves YouTube. Uh, But there's this commercial for the Giants post game. And I'm sure you guys remember David Deal. He was an offensive lineman for the Giants 10, five years ago. He's like a post-game analyst for them. And there's a clip that they show in every single commercial of it. And he says, this is a culture-changing win for this New York Giants team. If that was within the last five years of that show being done, he's just like so wrong. And if it's in the past two to three years, still equally wrong. I don't know why they keep showing the clip because the culture's never changed. They just keep saying it is because they just like go from slightly less like idiotic head coaches to now like a, a gym teacher essentially speaking of culture uh, urban meyer has not been mentioned yet either he is still employed by the jacksonville jaguars <laughs> I, honestly i kind of forgot about Meyer. like if it feels like the only headlines i've heard about him are when he's doing something stupid yeah. you know like bringing in um tim tebow Thank you. No, I mean, no, they I just got eviscerated by Geno Smith this week, and somehow yeah. Urban hasn't managed to completely avo- avoid blame. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's I, I feel like he's just doing whatever he can to, to not talk to the media now. I mean, they've, again, they've had a barrage of questions for him for a long time now, and he just doesn't want to answer them. And, uh, you know, no one can hold him accountable. So Nobody, nobody agreed with me on my Mike Zimmer thing. I mean, I feel like Zimmer has made a lot of foolish mistakes in his roster construction, but overall, yeah, I his management going to be fired. Yeah, his management of the team itself hasn't been bad, but consistently failing to, you know, like learning from his mistakes, but then going into extreme and flipping everything the other way. It's like every off season he comes at it with a new sort of approach, and it, it, it's consistently unsuccessful. If you fire Mike Zimmer, though, you need to have a plan. Like he, he's done enough there where I, I understand if you want to move in a different direction, but just make sure you have a good plan. Don't do it just to do it. Yeah, you need to you need to be sure that you can snag, you know, one of your top three guys on your list to, to fill that role in and someone who's willing to work with the mess he's left behind, because there's a lot of talent right now in Minnesota. I mean, they, yeah, they have, have a good offensive template if they can get an offensive minded coach in there. Yeah, and they let they, that guy go. Hmm. Yes, Stefanski. <laughs> yeah, I think part of that Vikings blame too has to go on uh, Kirk Cousins. Mm. Like he's not uh, finishing the games the way he needs to. I think he's holding them back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you uh, it's if you look at his stat sheet, it's not terrible. But you know, when you when you when you see you know three late game incompletions and those three incompletions are you know two wide open guys going to the end zone and one on you know fourth and short for three yards that you really needed. It's, uh, it doesn't show up very well on the box score, but when it comes, you know, the way, when you make, when your mistakes come at the most inopportune times, then it's going to cost you consistently. And that's what it's doing in uh, Minnesota right now. They're they're just in purgatory right now. I think they would like to upgrade at coach and quarterback, but those opportunities just haven't, haven't been available to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer's like leftover takeout food. You really, really liked it when it was hot and it was just delivered, right? And then a little bit later on in the night, you go back for it. And then you put it in your fridge and you're like, I'm gonna have this for lunch the next day. But then you're like, ah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it the day after because I don't wanna have it back to back days. And then it just sits. And then eventually you're like, okay, today I'm really gonna finish it. And then you throw it out. Vikings had something good when he was first there. And then remember he got that eye surgery and then they got a little bit better because he couldn't see and probably helped him out. Not, not going to lie. And then they signed Kirk and it was like, okay, we're almost there, but they've just food gets moldy. Coaching gets stale. Overpaid for Kirk, in my opinion. I'd say it's respectable. I, uh, they, they had very little to very, very little to really base his future success off of when they brought him into Minnesota on, on the contract they did. And um, evidently they didn't do their research. They've gotten like good production out of him. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I think this is about what you're expecting from Kirk Cousins, but I think they thought they were signing him to a Super Bowl winning roster because they'd just made the NFC championship game and they just regressed. Like the, the defense just wasn't as good. The, off, the offensive line wasn't as good as it was. So the rest of the team regressed. Like, I think Kirk has been fine and it's kind of been what they signed up for. But, but on a big expensive contract, you expect that you expect him to make that offense succeed, even if it, even if it's not perfect. Uh, and I think that he's got enough of a support in a, you know, great run game and, 
consistent run game and uh, you know some quality weapons that he should be able to to make it work. You know, you need to be able to win a shootout every now and then. But Andrew, Mike Zimmer's done such good stuff. Minneapolis miracle. He's got. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even realize that was against the Saints. That's that was that wasn't intentional. But uh, he's got to <laughs> stay though, right? He deserves it. Yep. Um. Their defense has improved since last season. He's a defensive coach, so I guess what you signed up for was a stout defense. And uh, something about the chemistry between Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks is is just – it really works for the Vikings. Um, losing Daniil Hunter is a huge loss for them. I think Everson Griffin's playing pretty well, but um, losing Daniel Hunter is going to hurt. I like DJ Wanham a lot. He's a fourth-round pick from South Carolina a couple years ago, and he might have the opportunity to pop now that Daniel Hunter is out, and the double teams will be to the other side with Everson Griffin. Um, I love the signing of Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. I think that the Giants really miss him and that he's a really good one technique for them, and he's what they're looking for. They they uh, missed the presence of Linval Lin Joseph, so they spent the money to go get a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, who was an upgrade over how, um, however good Linval Joseph was in, in Minnesota. And then you look at their secondary, and um, it's where things get a little bit messy, but when, when healthy before the hamstring injury, Patrick Peterson was playing some pretty good coverage. Um, and I just think... Um, Thrusting a guy like Cam Dantzler out there is um, is just not what Mike Zimmer wants to do, and his depth in the secondary is not what he wants. Jeff Gladney, Mike Hughes, they haven't panned out, um, obviously, because, you know, they're not on the team anymore. But what I mean is uh, they just didn't hit like like he would have, would have hoped. Um, and then in the secondary, I think um, they miss Anthony Harris so that Harrison Smith can – can fully do his thing as an aggressive um, kind of sideline to sideline everywhere, ball hawk. He can play in the box. Harrison Smith is, is missing the presence of a true deep safety like Anthony Harris. Um, but I think that the defense is much improved from last year, and um, that that is something to hang your hat on. But not having Dalvin Cook for as many weeks as they did and then having just injury uncertainty is, is tough for them. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson haven't really gotten going. And uh, they, they miss having uh, Irv Smith earlier in the season. And they're, they're rolling with Tyler, Tyler Conklin, and he's not bad. But um, I just think that the defense has been, has been pretty good and the offense has been lackluster and just not enough points to win football games for them. Pricey boy. We named potentially the Vikings, the Giants, the Bears. Who'd you say? The Dolphins? Yeah. Give me give me a couple names that should get those jobs should they become available. You know, me? I really I really think Byron Leftwich is an underrated part of the Buccaneer success. I could see him getting a I hope he gets a coaching gig this year. Could see it in the next two years, honestly. But um, I think Joe Brady's a young, good offensive-minded coach that should get some looks. One, one other name I wanted to mention too is uh, Nate Hackett from 
Green Bay. I think he's been really good with how um, with how the Packers offense has improved over the years. You know, trying to get Aaron Rodgers back in it with this whole offseason stuff, honestly. But yeah, I think Nate, excuse me, Nate Hackett needs to get that Dolphins gig. Andrew, who is a coach that just deserves to win a couple of games? Who's a coach that deserves to win a couple games? I think Matt Rule deserves to win a couple more than he's winning right now. Um, I think he's a good coach in terms of the locker room. I think he has the locker room. And um, it's really tough to win games when your whole offense was predicated around having a weapon like Christian McCaffrey. And then you got to go to a guy like Chuba Hubbard, who uh, obviously just doesn't have that skill set. Um, I don't think Sam Darnold's a guy, and that's just tough for that situation. But Matt Rule has Joe Brady, and he, he's, he's operating a stout defense right now. Um, Stephon Gilmore had a great week, and I think once J.C. Horn comes back, they're going to be one of the best cornerback duos in the league. They still have A.J. Boye in that, in that room, um, and obviously Jeremy Chin is their kind of do-it-all safety. And um, I just really like – um, the players they have, like Shaq Thompson, who has just taken a huge leap at linebacker for them, and he's doing it all for them right now. Um, Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick screaming off the edge is just its really working out for them, and they're creating great edge pressure. And then they have a great interior presence with Daquan Jones and obviously Derek Brown, their top 10 pick from last year. And um, I think that they're building the team through the defense right now which is good. And Matt rule was doing what he, he intended to do with the defense. He, he deserves to win more games, but I don't know if that's going to happen with Sam Darnold under center. Um, they have the talent on offense and defense. I think they need to improve the offensive line a little bit more, but uh, Sam Darnold under center is not going to cut it for Carolina. Another tied to that big salary for uh, next year, right? Mm-hmm. $18 million. Dollars. I can't believe they picked that fifth-year option up. I mean, I feel I feel like it was a necessity to bring him on board and get him involved. But uh, it's it, it's unfortunate that they put themselves in that situation because the only way that they can really move that money is by trading him again, and no one's going to take him on for the performance he's having right now at the money that he's taking in. So um, he hasn't shown anything for that eighteen and a half million either. So no, why would you pick that up, Donald? It could, yeah, it could be, um, yeah, it could yeah. be as simple as trading him away with a draft pick to another team, trade down and use use his contract as part of the mm-hmm. cost of um, letting another team trade up to your spot. I mean, that's the but best like, option I could really think. I would like, like to said, see though, the Panthers be able to figure thing. something out, though, because I think they have a really good team. Like I, they have they DJ do. Moore, they have Christian McCaffrey. That defense is great with all the corners they have. Like Brian Burns is a beast. Derek Brown on the inside is amazing. Like they have a very good, very complete team if they can just figure out the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Denver. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I said the same thing about Washington last year, and um, obviously they're not the same team this year, but last yeah, year they were a QB progress. away. And... No, but, but Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Mm-hmm. Um, a pretty good offensive line. Logan Thomas is is uh, he's a good tight end, and uh, 
What's his defensive name? line of all first the, round picks? The other mm-hmm. tight end, Ricky even Fields, this yeah. year, like Heineke is holding them back a lot. Like they cannot yeah. score in their red zone. It seems like that they're pretty good moving the ball in between the twenties. And Heineke's just not—he's not a good enough playmaker to move the ball in their red zone. If they did have a good quarterback, it, it could be different. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Fitzpatrick isn't that guy. And um, no, he's not. They see—they just seem to be really lacking. And they I should have taken Justin Herbert. <laughs> I mean, they, they really should have. There's a lot of teams that Hindsight get a... Hindsight Yeah, especially when it's, you know, we're halfway through the rookie season um, of, of a lot of players. Everyone goes, ah, oh, no, you know, we should have drafted this guy. This guy's been in a, you know, a healthy scratch six games so far this season. And, then, yeah. you know, next year the dude's going to come up and he's going to blow up. But people don't draft for... Always draft a player for immediate impact. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all depends on philosophy, and I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that we're sure to see is a guy like Sean Payton is 100% of the time going to be in win-now mode. <laughs> and um, there are some coaches who are just trying to build something and will give up on a season sometimes and will look towards the future. And uh, drafting, you know, best player available. Do they want someone to contribute immediately? Do they want a raw guy who they can, who they can home grow and, and make one of those players that they, they, that they, they want in their culture? Um, and, and ultimately, I think we're, we're starting to figure out um, which of these teams prioritize what. And I feel like the Dolphins, um, like when they took Tua, they were in more almost more of a win now mode and they didn't want to um, take the chance on a guy like Herbert who had a lot of questions, question marks with leadership and physical ability. So um, yeah, I mean, like I said, hindsight is always 2020, but it, it depends a lot. These draft picks and free agent signings depend a lot on um, philosophy towards win now potential and uh, really just what they think their needs are and how much money they're willing to spend at a certain position. Yeah, and you know it's it's often you know teams need to be able to swallow their pride and take that losing season on the chin sometimes, take you know acknowledge that they're rebuilding and do it right because hey obviously you don't want to give up on the season until it's over but you you as a coach and as a player and as a GM you always believe that the team that you're on and the team that you're building is good enough to win because you've seen it at its best and uh, it's 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 hard to give up on that and hard to acknowledge that maybe everybody else is doing it better right now. Maybe we need this season to figure it out and come back next time. But at well, the same time, it's you know you can't throw games and get better draft picks. It, there, it's not... there are some teams that are confusing, like um, the 49ers, You know, like are are they win now? Are they trying to build something around Trey Lance? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're a young team. They got Debo Ayuk and Elijah Mitchell seems to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're building that offensive line. They locked up. Trent Williams and um, you know were they just waiting for that quarterback to fall for them like Trey Lance or um, do they truly think that you know no matter who's under center we're going to win football games should they be rebuilding around Trey Lance I don't know but um, there are definitely some teams in that awkward limbo yeah and you know especially around a time like the trade deadline it's it's more important than ever trying to figure out who's who and how what you're planning on doing for the rest of the season you know, it's all about buyers and sellers, and uh, there weren't a great deal of buyers this season. No, but there were sellers. The Texans mm-hmm. were selling. Charles oh, yeah. Menahue, did you guys notice that Charles Menahue got traded to the thought, Niners? 
Yeah, I thought that was trade. Such a six round trade pick. for Houston. I mean, I understand rebuilding, but he's one of those pieces that you want to rebuild around. You, you want to build a. He's got a unique body frame. He he's got a lot of potential as a pass rusher, and I think he can start on that line for a long time. I think he can go to the Niners and and be incredible with them. You know, he can play that tweener like Eric Armstead due to his body type. And uh, then you got a line with Eric Armstead, Javin Kinlaw, Charles Menehue, and Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I know that's off topic, but I did want to bring that up that a team like the Texans, maybe if you are selling, um, are you selling the right players? And I don't think that they were selling the right players, which mm-hmm. makes me think they're not selling. They just don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They sort of said, you know, here's, here, you know, hey, here's a draft pick so that, you know, you brand new head coach can start building this team in your image. And I think a lot of coaches take the uh, the whole concept of get rid of what the last guy did and start over with a blank slate a little too literally. You know, sometimes just there are pieces in there that you should be salvaging. And uh, Bill O'Brien made a good draft pick, you know, Menahue. So, mm-hmm. you know, recognize the talent and build yeah. around it the Texans just don't know what they're doing. Like there's no trend to their moves or anything they're doing. Like got a rookie front office there and 49ers just took advantage of that big time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to go to therapy now or you want a little Theo theory? Let's hear a little Theo theory then. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear what that would be about. All right, TB. Oh, no, I was talking about your theory. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I, I have the theory ready. All right. I, I didn't realize you were setting me up on a silver platter like that. That's yeah, a, a beautiful segue. Yeah. Yes. Blocked by Dikembe Matumbo. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fix the trade deadline. We're going to turn it into the biggest week of the year. It's going to be Shefty. It's going to be, it's going to be rap sheet. They're going to be going back and forth for, for scoops. And all we're going to do, we're going to get rid of comp picks. Because with, with the compensatory picks, it just makes no reason to trade these players. Because if you, you can keep them for the rest of the season, keep them on your team, have the positive PR, and then they walk and you get a nice compensatory draft pick at the end of the year. So the only reason it makes sense to trade them is if you're getting something higher than a compensatory pick, which is like a second round pick like you saw with Von Miller. But other than that, there's tons of trades that we're leaving on the table that could be so fun because we're keeping players on bad teams for eight more games and then giving compensatory picks at the end of the year. I mean, I think that is precisely what happened with Odell. Um, today, from what I heard from my insiders and from what I've heard around the league from big, guy, big guys like Rappaport and Sheffy, is um, the Saints were deep, deep into trade talks with uh, the Browns for Odell. And what they had on the table was something like um, a fourth and, and maybe a sixth you know, and they're taking on that contract. But uh, the Browns wanted higher because they knew that they could get a third-round comp from Odell next year in free agency. And um, he's still a good player. They want to have him. They're, they're trying to win some football games right now. And um, he's on a massive contract. And, you know, the Saints didn't budge. But um, having that third-round pick in their back pocket because they know that they're going to get it from Odell basically kept – kept a good player on a team where he's getting get a target a week um so there needs to be a risk to the teams of losing a player for nothing because that's what generates all the action in the other leagues that you see at the trade deadline yeah it doesn't it seems 
more of an emphasis is put on making sure you get guys like Von Miller after the season if you're the acquiring team. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like it's, if, if you're the Rams, you're probably not going to re-sign them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, they want to put the emphasis on revenue f- into teams. Because, like, you're not going to buy a Von Miller jersey if you're a Rams fan. But if he were to re-sign six months from now, and never, you know, like this trade didn't happen or whatever. Like, yeah, you would buy a jersey. So mm-hmm. it's all about revenue. Especially the way the teams can eat the money too. Like, there's potential for great trades. Like I saw today, like Fletcher Cox, if he got traded, he was only carrying like a one million dollar cap hit with him because the rest of it had already been paid. And like you saw, like the Broncos are taking on most of Von Miller's salary. So there's tons Nine of million, potential yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I want to see what a. I would love to see what a Fletcher Cox deal would look like. There is reports of uh, them wanting a second, third round pick. I don't know if they would have gotten a second, but I think a cont- contending team would have uh, paid paid that asking uh, price. Back to the Niners, Jeff and Kinlaw's out for the year. They thought that they were going to win. Now they could, could they could have snagged Fletcher Cox, and then now you know hindsight let's say they they still had a menahue they have a menahue cox uh eric armstead and nick bosa on a defensive line and uh they were at their best the year that they went to the super bowl when their front four was performing really well so um you know i think there are a lot of fun what ifs around the trade deadline but it's packed and these teams have whatever they have in house and whatever the free agent market offers so one quick anecdote about Fletcher Cox. So he'll be a free agent after this year. He's like a really, really smart negotiator in Madden because I had an Eagles franchise in 21. Oh, and by the way, in Madden 21, if you still have it, because like your PS4, or Xbox One, like me, and don't want to upgrade. Anyways, you can trade Carson Wentz for Kyler Murray straight up. That's wild to me. But, uh, Fletcher Cox like negotiates his contract. So it's 5 million cap hit and then the rest is signing bonus. And he only signs one year deals. So he gets 20 million every, every year. Dang. I mean, Cox is like a very underrated player just because he's played at the same time as Aaron Donald. Like he, he can never make first team all pro, but he's consistently been like the second best defensive tackle in the league. Like it's, it's just unfortunate because if he played in another era, he'd probably have made, first team all pro like six times mm-hmm. yeah him through the other 2000s would have been incredible mm-hmm. i all think right, he's we... just getting overshadowed on a bad uh, eagles team right now yeah he's not getting the attention him. that he once had yeah he's getting he always getting plenty of attention just from offensive linemen yep. like Javin yeah. Hargrave, no, i'm talking about uh, in media though a nose tackle <laughs> has seven sacks right now um and I do think J- Javon Hargrave is, is crazy, but um, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think Fletcher Cox is getting a lot of attention from O-line and not the media. Mm-hmm. Everyone inside the game understands it. Everyone who observes the game doesn't recognize the impact, or if they do, there's just one bigger fish in the pond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, well, honestly, and I think Brandon Graham's a great player, but if you look like watch Brandon Graham tape, your eyes immediately go to 91 and, and you see that Fletcher Cox is opening up holes and opportunities and sacks for guys like 
uh, Brandon Graham and has been for a lot of his career. So, oh, well, it is a what if, but I think, Theo, I think that's a good theory that the trade deadline could be more exciting if we took away those picks. Yeah, I mean, it would absolutely force more movement, and um, that's really what it's about. So, you know, try, try because we, we talk about this like it's life or death, but the NFL is, first and foremost, a, a sports league here for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. And um, making it more entertaining would keep people watching. And uh, <laughs> an exciting trade deadline where everyone's tuned in all day to whatever's going on would be beneficial to the league. Well, it's a business, and mm-hmm. that's how front offices look at it in teams. So... If you combine the two and you take away part of the business aspect, that is compensatory picks. And if you, um, you know, you, you, you move these, these good fun to watch players to, to better teams or to different teams, it's more exciting. It's more entertaining. And the business side of things um, you're not losing if you're a front office, because you're not going to earn that compensatory, like third round pick from a guy like Odell. Um, So you know, not knowing that you have those picks in your back pocket is definitely good. Therapy time. Unfortunately, our British Canadian friend Yeston doesn't have his American therapist license. So it's just Rice, <laughs> Theo, and Tolva. All right, I'm going to lay out a few situations. I was going to say situations, I was going to say situations weird, and then I did anyways. Uh, Okay, I am the second overall pick, a fourth-year guy, played really well. My team hired my personal quarterback coach and is now a team employee. How should I be feeling today? Is there a scenario you are alluding to here? Zach Wilson. Well, it's like mm. it's like doctor patient confidentiality, but yes. I have to be nice today. Someone else go. That was I mean, Zach Wilson could feel good. Yeah. Over. I think Wilson has to feel good here. He's got someone he knows and trusts around him every second day. So, I mean, I don't see a wrong here with it. All right. Theo, you, you seemed uh, pretty heavy in the Mike White camp. Oh, yeah. The Zach Wilson era is over, done with. Mike White's here to stay. Andrew? I think Mike White played very well, and we'll see what he does on Thursday night football against the tough defense. Um, I think that Zach Wilson hasn't been able to show us enough yet, you know, to make a decision and he's just a rookie. Um, But this is a smart Colts defense and they haven't been winning a lot of games and they aren't one of your traditional great defense. They don't have anyone that is just stunning. Um, I mean, they have Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner, but neither of them are really producing at the rate that you'd like to see right now. Um, So I think this is going to be a good test for a guy like Mike White. And if he leads the league in passing again, then we'll see. It, it should be a real conversation. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, are you really for what's best for the team or are you for what's best for your investment in the second, second pod uh, or the second pick? You know, um, you, you invested 
a high draft pick and a guy like Zach Wilson, he could be dethroned by someone that you could have picked up for a bag of chips in free agency. So um, we'll see. I think the Jets should do what's best for the Jets, obviously. But, um, you know, that's a tough call to make. And I think Zach Wilson obviously is bursting with potential. So we'll see. I, th- I think Thursday night's going to answer a lot of questions. Yeah, for sure. It's actually not, it's not actually time to crown Mike White, but I think like based on what we've seen, like he's now an interesting player to watch for the rest of the year. For sure. I I don't think it's unreasonable. Well, I'm actually currently watching the Braves celebrating winning the world series. So I know how you feel when I told you you had to be nice. So we'll take back the hundred plus. You can be yourself for the rest of Wonderful. this, right? Wonderful. All right. 10 minutes. All right, doctors. I'm the best quarterback in Notre Dame history. And yet, they wanna, and yet they wanna bring in this guy who just pumps kids out, doesn't abide by no, not November. How should I be feeling? Shouldn't I be the heir apparent? Okay, here's my take on this. I wrote the longest article I've ever written today. It's a freaking it's as long as the constitution and here's what i have to say about so a normal article correct um this this is we are past the the trade deadline now you have who you have in house um barring bringing in someone like cam newton or nathan peterman um so you have Taysom hill you have trevor simeon and you have ian book um, Trevor Simeon can get the ball to most places on the field. He was pretty good. He carried out Sean Payton's aggressive game plan against the Bucks. Uh, he didn't skip a beat. He was passing pretty well. And um, he floated nice balls to nobody receivers, UDFAs, guys like Kevin White, um, people who wouldn't make most rosters. And he was getting the ball to them and winning a football game against a really tough team. Most of that credit goes to the defense, but Trevor Simeon played a good game. Then you look at Taysom Hill, who is Sean Payton's prodigy, and he brings a dual threat play style for the, to the quarterback position. But we have a joke in the Saints community that his deep balls look the same as punts. They, he does not have a pretty deep ball by any means. And then you look at Ian Book, who uh, he's inconsistent. Um, he's accurate, but we haven't seen much of him besides preseason. He had a decent preseason, um, but um, my guess is that the Saints opt to continue to develop Ian Book to see what he can become. Probably at best, he is a, a really good backup in the league. Um, so it's between Simeon and Taysom Hill. And for me, I think it, it's going to be Taysom Hill. I think a real quarterback battle should be opened. Um, Simeon can deliver a deep ball, and that is what Sean Payton was craving for the last couple of years he got it with Jameis Winston now it's gone again so he could run the same game plan that he had um with Drew Brees but what I know is Sean Payton is dying to get a dual threat quarterback someone that he can he can scheme up um a perfect offense for he's getting Michael Thomas back Mark Ingram fits like a glove in New Orleans he's got a run game um, so I think it's really tough because Taysom Hill you know he, he's the dual threat that Sean Payton wants to coach and Trevor Simeon can keep the deep ball alive. Um, I think it goes to Taysom Hill. As for Ian Book, we'll see injury or complete and utter disgust from Hill and Simeon could lead to Ian Book getting a nod 
I don't see it happening. Um, but but the Saints are in a bit of a pickle here. They can win games with both guys, though. Um, because of the defense. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about winning playoff games, but they can be competitive and they'll win games with either Simeon or Taysom Hill, I think. I think you need a real quarterback to win playoff games once you get into uh, yeah. deep into playoffs, and they don't have that, and they barely have the offense for it, too. I mean, they've won the last couple of years with, like, starting Teddy Bridgewater. Like, they've won with Taysom. Like, Sean Payton's great. Like, the Saints But that's will regular be in the season, playoffs. though. Easy, yeah, I agree. easy wins in, in the regular season. So, mm-hmm. well, I think this is a little bit of a different offense because we have that run game back. And I don't want it to be understated. Like, Mark Ingram was really good in his return. He got a couple carries up the gut, like he does between the tackles. He was bruising people, averaged like four yards, four plus yards a carry. And then and that's Alvin something they were missing since Latavius um, left. They have right, and they have a great offensive line. And Michael Thomas is going to come back, which I think what we have seen is a bunch of um, niche guys. Deontay Harris is a speedster. Marquez Callaway is a zone beater. Traquan Smith is going to progress as he comes back from injury. And then Michael Thomas comes in. He's taking the cornerback one. Traquan Smith is taking the cornerback two. And then Deontay Harris and Marquez Callaway, with all this experience against cornerback one, are going to start getting looks from third and string, fourth string cornerbacks. So they're going to have an easier matchup. Um, these receivers are going to start creating separation. Like I said, we got the run game. And then whoever is under center has to be able to deliver it to wherever they are on the field. That's it. Just yeah, get I mean, it to the open guy. In a way, like the Saints, like trade deadline acquisition is Michael Thomas coming in. And like no one has a player like that coming in at this point of the season. Like a, a guy that's caught like 140 catches in a season before. Like a, a solid number one wide receiver in this league he's going to have a huge impact. Bryce, what do you think? I think, you know, Taysom Hill is a perfect quarterback for Michael Thomas. You know, he's not going to wow you with his deep ball, like Tolva said, and Thomas ain't really going to go deep all that much. I think if we're talking Thomas about can go strictly, deep, though. I, I think he's been more but, limited by yeah. the offense. Yeah. But just by recent uh, recent years, going you know going back to recent years, he's not going to have a huge impact and that many chances to go deep. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about strictly Michael Thomas here, he's going to benefit greatly from uh, Taysom Hill quarterback. But what I think is, um, I think you're right that Michael Thomas is going to open up a lot in that short to mid game. But there are guys like Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris who can go deep. Traquan Smith, too. Juwan Johnson. And Michael Thomas is going to open up way more opportunities for them to go deep. So my problem is Taysom Hill is going to be good for Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going to be good for the whole offense. And when you look at a guy like Taysom Hill who throws ducks all game when it comes to the deep ball, he's not going to be those able receivers to are going to those. Whack. I mean, they're going to be open and he's not going to be able to hit them. And okay. he might try, and then it results in their production is going to go down. Is what you're saying? Hello, doctor. I'm under six feet tall. I think I should be the NFL MVP right now. I've never seen the Mandalorian. I got a bum ass ankle right now. Got my first loss of the year. Seems like all faith is lost, but not with close to weight length, Stephen Heimer's. 
Arizona. Uh, how should I be feeling? If that really is a bum-ass ankle, you, you might be screwed. Kyler Murray's been escaping a lot of pressure. He's getting hit and he's getting pressured. This offensive line has that holes. Yeah. That's the trouble. They aren't doing him justice on that offensive line at all. I think no. going into this season, you have to make that a priority is fixing that offensive line. If, if you yeah, want he's Kyler Murray not able to get out of the pocket, sleep. like if, if that ankle limits him in any way, I think it's really going to limit their entire offense moving forward. I think they've done a great job giving him weapons the last couple of years with Ertz, with uh, Hopkins, with, I don't know. AJ Green, uh, Rondale Moore. AJ Green, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they've gone yeah. outside in instead of inside out, which depends Always how you want to approach your trenches. team. Yeah, I think you, you should go from the trenches, but they've he taken can, if you don't hit, If he has time in the pocket, he can hit anyone with, with mm-hmm. a nice ball. But if you have all these star receivers who are open, but Kyler Murray is six feet under, then it doesn't matter. I, I guess you the don't theory have an was he can avoid pressure on his own, but. Yeah. If you don't have an offensive line, your quarterback ain't going to have more than maybe a four or five year career at best before he just plummets. I mean, this is why the Saints offense has any glimmer of hope is because of their offensive line. It will open up the run game, and it will give whoever's under center time to pass. So they just need look a quarterback. The, I mean, and this is part of why I'd like to kick, to kick the rocks on Carson Wentz. Like, they have a great offensive line. He has time in the pocket to hit guys like Michael Pittman, and they have Jonathan Taylor. And, and I mean, part of this might fall on Frank Reich because I don't think that they're running the ball enough, and Jonathan Taylor Wentz just can't is, throw is the ball incredible. to the right team. But Carson Wentz isn't—he is not hitting his open receivers right now. Um, so I don't know. I'm disappointed with with um, with Arizona for sure for for not prioritizing that that offensive line. And it'll get better when Rodney Hudson comes back. But their guards are trash, and and their their tackles are are above average best. So hey, you could have Cody Ford from Buffalo. We would have happily accepted fifth round pick. But but the thing is though, like. Like, building around Kyler Murray is not getting him as many weapons as you can. It's keeping him upright to get yeah. the ball to those weapons. Get, get the weapons later. You know, if you can get DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick and David Johnson, fine. I don't care when that happens. But you need to prioritize spending those picks that you spent on a guy like Rondale Moore, who's a great player on a great offensive lineman who's going to keep yeah, him upright. Yeah. He can Rondell hit Moore's, what is he playing, like 40% of the snaps And right he's now. not even playing as much as he should be right now. He's way more talented than his snap count. Like, he I needs to be getting DeAndre more Hopkins. production over uh, A.J. Green right now. Yes, and D-Hop can be the – he could be the only good receiver on that team, and he would get hit every single – every single target would go to D-Hop, and that would be fine if, Ty, if Kyler had time in the pocket, but he doesn't. Whoever said AJ Green is a weapon, yeah, he's a kamikaze. You know, that means like you kill your own guys. Anyways. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't sure if you knew. Uh okay. Hey, I also have a bad leg. I'm also in the MVP discussion. Stinger played really well the other night. How concerned should I be about my starting job? Negative amounts of concern. Yeah, that one was kind of a joke. I just want to see if I can get a reaction. So no, we're not. We're no, not zero, zero concern. 
Therapy session concluded. You're good. Bye. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's all the quarterback problems. I feel like more of these problems that quarterbacks are having are like with coaches. Like Trey yeah, Lance, for no. example, his Trevor problem Lawrence, is this coach Lance. doesn't want to like play him. But that's the coach that would play him. against the Cardinals. I'm getting like, worried about Trey Lance too, because he didn't play in college last year at all either. Like if he doesn't play this year, we're gonna next year he's gonna be playing for the first time in two years. Like what are we doing? They had their chance to just clean their hands, wipe their hands free of Jimmy Garoppolo and start fresh with Trey Lance, and they just never did. I would have gotten whatever I could for uh, Jimmy G right now and just build with what you have and just go with Trey Lance. Because I think at some point you need to actually see what you have in Trey Lance for more than a quarter or two a game, and I don't think right now they're doing him justice. I agree. Get to some games. Yeah, Theo, you got a you got a game you're keeping your eye on this week. We schedule. What do we have next week? Biggest rivalry in all of sports: Saints Falcons. Oh yeah, that's a great game. Browns, Everyone, Bengals. half the world's gonna be tuned into that. Packers right. Chiefs. Packers Chiefs is interesting. I mean. Are the chief are the Chiefs just gonna get smacked? Yeah, I was gonna say, is this a trap game somehow for Green Bay? Ironically, or not even ironically, because like Kansas City, you know how they have been this year. So is it possible that Kansas City could play upset to a team that everyone thinks that they should be better than? It's possible, but I think I feel with like how the Chiefs been... and Mahomes are playing right now, you ain't baiting the Packers. No, but, like, we've been in this weird limbo where, like, you know, they should beat the Titans, but then they lost 27-3, to and they should be a better matchup for the freaking Bills, and they lost 38-20, and then they what, – what happened last night, 20-17 to against the freaking Giants? They just Giants. got demolished. I, I mean, it, it dates back to, like, the second half of last year, too. I saw, The Chiefs are, like, 5-15 and 15 against the spread in their last 20 games, like, They've just consistently been disappointing all of this year and since the start of last year, and we're all waiting for them to turn it on. But it's really been like a, really got a full season worth of games in which where they haven't had it. ESPN has the odds in favor of Kansas City against Bengals. Yeah, I don't think the big sports books all still believe in Kansas City. I, I, don't know. I mean, it's hard to bet against Kansas City because they are still Kansas City and you know what you can get out of them. But they you just know what you could are, get. Yes, but you're not getting they that have, out of We them haven't right gotten now. that for a but long I feel time. Like that. What, what the sports books are missing is, is, you know, their offense has been great for so many years. And, you know, they still have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Michael Hardman and Patrick freaking Mahomes. But this defense hasn't been good all year, not since week one. Not week two, not week three, not week four, five, six, seven, or eight. They were they have not been good. Not since all. that Super Bowl. No. It was also maybe the worst two games of Mahomes' career in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. He his throwing motion right now looks almost different. Like I don't know what's going on. He's forcing the ball still. I just don't think this is like as as incredible of a game as, as some people think. Um, here's a good game. 
I, I like the Battle of Ohio right now. Browns Bengals. Mm-hmm. These are two teams mm-hmm. fighting for playoffs of seeding right now, um, and they're both great offenses. Can uh, are the Bengals going to do what they did against Mike White and decide not to play defense? Um, are the Browns going to rage back from an embarrassing loss against the Steelers? And you know, uh, is Nick Chubb going to show up and take over the game? Are they going to start targeting Odell more? Um, are they going to get Austin Hooper involved? Like I feel like that's a forgotten name. David and Joku is there too. Um, I think the second year tight end who is that? Hunter Bryant. Hunter Bryant, like they Harrison have weapons. Bryant. Um, and I think this is two team good teams coming off of embarrassing losses, and they need to to make a statement in these games. My bet is on the Bengals here. Um, I think they they tighten up, but yeah, what do you guys think, Battle of Ohio? Uh, I like I like the Bengals wide receivers against the Browns corners in that game. I think they can make some make some plays. Yeah, the Browns corners are still shaky, and I think with how Jamar Chase is playing, you get him one on one, or you get some like attention on him, and that could open up some big plays for T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, C.J. Uzoma, players like them. Their offense is complete. Like their yeah, offensive line was awful, but but they're they've been coming good. together much better now. Uh, Riley Reef is playing pretty well at right tackle. Jonah Jackson Williams Carmen. is is living up to his potential at left tackle. Jackson Carmen on the inside. And then, obviously, your starters, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. You got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama. Like, that's a lot of athletic. Even Smajic Piran isn't playing bad at all. The backup running yeah, back. No, like, like this is this is a team that has a lot of offensive firepower, and their, their offensive line is finally giving Burrow the time to deal. And Burrow is dealing. Like, let's let's not overlook him because Justin Herbert won Rookie of the Year. Like, Justin Burrow is dealing this year, and he's doing exactly what he did in college. When the play breaks down, that's when he's at his best. So, if this defense can can hold the Browns' offense to 28 points or less, I think the Bengals will win this one. Yeah, the, the Bengals got caught slipping last week. I like, they, they ascended to being a good team. They had a, a week of hearing how good they were, a little bit flat – I think they legitimately are a good team. There's too many good players. So I, I think we'll see more of what we saw from the Bengals at the beginning of the season. And it's the loss to the Jets that's more of an aberration than anything else. It's like it was against the Rams last year. The Jets are squeaking, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll squeak out a, a trap game. But um, no, I don't see it. it's not happening again this week because it is a good team, you know, whether they won or lost. Uh, the Raiders just released Rogues. Damn, that was, I mean, it's a terrible situation. That was like my big moment to break some news. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's obviously a terrible situation that's going on there. Um, obviously, for the uh, victim in the other car, obviously. 24-year-old I, woman. Yeah. 23, it, 24. Awful. I, if you're listening, I mean, this will come out in the morning. But like, just tell someone you love them. You literally never, ever, ever know. Uh Think of her family, her friends, her loved ones. I Yeah, just a terrible situation. I was surprised that we didn't get to it at this point. I was going to bring it up just now, yeah. but uh, yeah. Still yeah, else. no, I think it's good that we should mention it. Uh, you're right. We don't, you, you know, you never know when a loved one could go. And um, it's, it's also just make good decisions, people. Don't drink and don't drive. Don't drive. Don't smoke and drive. Don't drive under the influence. Take a freaking Uber. Henry Ruggs, I know you have the you money. You have a million dollars. 
you have the money for a freaking Uber, but you decided to throw away your life and your career. So make good decisions, kids, and uh, tell, your, tell your loved ones that you love them. Um, off of the morbid topic of that, who else has a game of the week here? I guess I'm up right now. Yeah. Um, I got to go uh, Titans and Rams right now. Like, you get these uh, new Every look. Game. Yeah. New look Rams defense. How are the Titans going to come back and bounce back off the Derrick Henry injury? Are they going to use, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio Moore? Um, Adrian Peterson's in the mix Adrian now. Peterson, is he going to come back and, you know, give them a little spark? I know he's not going to play like Derrick Henry will, but will he give them an added boost that you might not get from Jeremy McNichols? Right. This is a tough game for the Titans, especially with Henry now out. Like, if Ramsey can kind of do his thing on A.J. Brown and Julio doesn't play, like, what other playmakers do they have? You know, um, Von Miller's playing this week, and I, I think he makes an instant impact because Von Miller's one of those this year. players. Um, he's one of those players that um, it doesn't matter how long he's been in a scheme for stunts or whatever, he can beat a tackle any snap off of purely talent and experience and his his hand counters, his repertoire. And now he's got Leonard Floyd on the other side and Aaron Donald. Like, who do you double team? You have five offensive linemen. Terrell Lewis is also playing really well right now. The kid from Bama, he's an edge rusher. So they have a rotation going. And they traded away Kenny Young to the Broncos recently. And now their third-round pick from South Carolina, Ernest Jones, is having a breakout week. Um, and he's starting to play better. And I think he can be you one of the linebackers that they sorely missed. Um, no, Even when I, I played, I don't know if he was mentioned already. I was making uh, yeah, post, but he did. He's, um, gonna be, he, he's just another one. Yeah, he already has six and a half sacks this year. Coming off a 10-sack season. Yeah. Yeah, coming it, off a ten sack season last year, and you add someone like Von Miller to that Ari Stack defensive line, that's just a matchup nightmare for offenses. You know, I, I mean, da- Dante playing. Fowler was able to get eleven sacks lining up yeah. across from Aaron Donald. Imagine what Von Miller anybody can do, can do good yeah. uh, on that defense. Um, you know, I think I, I complained a lot on X's pod about the, the uh, Rams inside linebackers. I hated watching Reader and. Kenny Young play every week, but this kid Ernest Jones could be the the piece that finishes the puzzle. He he was their third round pick from South Carolina. He was raw. Started last week and he had like twelve tackles, a pick, a forced fumble, pass defended a sack or something like he had a crazy stat line. And um, I watched a little bit of his tape and he's what they've been missing is a an inside linebacker who can patrol the middle uh, while these crazy edge rushers get get after it. And now. Um, Jordan Fuller, their, their, their second-year safety from Ohio State, he's on pace for like 130 tackles. Taylor Rapp is playing really well. Darius Williams, Jalen Ramsey. Like, this is finally a complete defense. They have every piece they needed. I saw something. It was if Burrow gets – or not like it's going to happen. Obviously, it can't. But uh, if, like, Burrow was on the – Browns and Baker was on the Bengals. The Browns would be Super Bowl contenders, and the Bengals would be bottom tier. Like how the Browns are. 
Do you guys agree with Jamar that? Jamar Chase would be getting compilations made of him being wide open and not getting thrown the ball. <laughs> Baker is misused. Baker is also he's regressing. Like he doesn't he doesn't look like he's improving every year. I think he's he's not, you know, I don't think he's in the best coaching situation. Uh he's a player that I'd like to see go to a team with a really smart coach. Um I, I don't know. But just wipe um, your hands free from both from Baker for both sides. You're you're completely right though. Steven. The Freddie um, Kitchens year just cannot be undone. He's just never no. going to recover from that. No. Kevin Stefanski, he's a run first guy too. He's got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like he's used to having. He's not even a bad coach either. Town. P- plug and play Dearness Johnson, 150 yards. Like the guy can scheme up a run play. Yeah, no, absolutely he can. Um, and they have a pretty good defense down there. But but my problem with them is that, um. Kevin Stefanski is used to having Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins and Teddy Bridgewater under center. He doesn't know what it's like to have um, a ton of talent at quarterback. And um, yeah, I I think um, side note, Nick Foles took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. And in that same year, Case Keenum took the Vikings to the NFC championship. So the Saints making it far in the playoffs with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon with Sean Payton isn't that far-fetched, um, but I digress, and I agree that Kevin Stefanski, I think he's a great run coach, and he's a great offensive mind in how to use the run to open up the pass game, but he doesn't prioritize the passing game. I said it during the Bengals-Jets game the other day. Uh, I was really excited to watch Evan McPherson, who should be overweight, but thanks, Jamar. Um, I said, what is Zach Taylor doing? Take the points. He didn't. Then the Bengals lost by three. I don't know why coaches keep doing this. Like, it didn't work the first three times. They ran it with Burrow twice, and then they passed it once, and it was incomplete. Like, just take the points. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I kind of cocked Bryce on Sunday. We didn't get to uh, do a pot then while it was fresh. But uh, that was – like – He's really impressed me, Zach Taylor, this year. After the first couple weeks, eh. it was like, eh, okay. I, Burrow and Chase have helped him a lot. He might still be making some iffy decisions, but. You know, I think they're, I think they're way ahead of their rebuilding schedule. I, not to say they're still a bad team, but I think maybe a year or two down the road, we would have been seeing this uh, play from them, not already with second-year quarterback, still young offense, still uh, getting getting the hang of it. But I think they're doing a great job with how they're building this team. I think they can become a playoff-caliber team with Zach Taylor. I think if they want to take a leap to being championship-caliber, that might be somewhere they need to upgrade down the road. For sure. Who is a team with a winning record that's going to lose this week? I'm going to go first because I have science to back me up. Bryce, actually, Theo, you don't like it either. Bills are going to lose this week. Josh Allen was great on the Manning cast, but every current player has lost their next game after, and it stinks, especially to Jacksonville. It's a shame, but they'll be in the NFC Championship game. This is just a small bump. Yeah, I'm not commenting on that. 
Oh, we'll take another, we'll take a part three if you want me to comment on that, so. Mm, I got one. I think that the Cardinals could lose to the 49ers this week. I, I agree. These, these divisional bouts are tough. Uh, what are you learning? They're coming off a tough game. Kyler's on a bum ankle, and um, this is a 49ers team that could that could really they can put up some numbers. They have the firepower for it, so we'll see. Someone pick a different game. Could the Raiders lose this week? That looked like a trap game. I mean playing East Coast at one o'clock, like Giants coming off a bad loss, kind of kind of seems like kind of seems like a trap game. Yeah, I, I kind of got code. That was one I yeah. was looking at. You just uh, lost Henry Ruggs here to their wide receiver room is already thin. You lose Henry Ruggs, you're down uh, who's even gonna start for him? You got Brian Edwards, you got Zay Jones. You don't have wide receivers. Mm-hmm. The Giants are in every game too, and they kind of just get yeah, they are. get out coach. But is this Raiders interim coach really going to be someone that's going to be able to like tactically take advantage of Joe Judge's mistakes? Like I'm not sure that happens. So I don't I think, think so. I think the Giants can win. Giants pass rush is somewhat good too, and I think they could get to Derek Carr good amount of times. Yeah, the, the Giants Aziz roster Aziz is really not bad. Been, Aziz Ojolari has been awesome. Like his Leonard Williams so to watch. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence is nice. Um, Bradbury's yeah, no, a good I, corner. I think William, uh, Leonard Williams has five and a half sacks this year. That's incredible. I, I think that that this defense is still producing and that they could definitely be um, what we hoped for. Uh, you know, like with all the additions of Adoree Jackson and – they were really hyped up. I was hyping them up. They got Danny Shelton to play nose tackle, and he's been dethroned since then by Austin Johnson. But um, besides missing Dalvin Tomlinson and a really good nose tackle, uh, Tay Crowder's playing pretty well at inside linebacker, filling in for Blake Martinez. He's on pace for over 100 tackles. And then they've got the trio of safeties, Jabril Peppers, Xavier McKinney, and Logan Ryan, uh, James Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, they drafted Aaron Robinson. The list goes on. Um, I think they're pretty set um, on defense in terms of talent. So if they can put something together this week on defense, they can win this football game. Before I lose my train of thought here, can I just say how great uh, or how surprising John Ross has been so far this year? Yes. Like yes. Filling in for uh, Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay so far. He's been looking good on that deep threat. He's been a Absolutely. great deep threat for uh, Daniel Jones. Absolutely. Showed it against yes. Daniel Sorensen of all people. So, mm-hmm. well, that's what Pete Manning was saying yesterday. He said you you like to throw it up one on one when you get a receiver on a safety because the safeties don't work on the uh, like the one on one jump balls as much as corners. Still, right? It was an interesting. The, the thing is, if they can can continue this production with John Ross and even get him back. You think in the future, you know, you have Kenny Galladay on this big deal. You, you, you have Kadarius, Tony, you have your deep threat in John Ross. You have a shifty playmaker who's just straight up electric and Kadarius, Tony. And then you have your, uh, your, your uniform 
X receiver who's going to get jump balls and make plays with nice route running uh, with Kenny, Kenny Galladay. And um, we'll see what happens at tight end. Evan Engram might come back on a cheap deal. We'll see. But this is an offense with firepower. And I don't want that to be understated because they haven't been playing well. They've started like uh, one and seven, one and seven, two and six, one and seven, and two and six the last five years. And um, yet I still think this is a good defense and they have a lot of firepower on offense. Even when Saquon comes back, Devontae Booker has been a good running back for them. So, um, And I don't think this is all on – go ahead. I just think that this is a team that can beat anyone any given Sunday. If, if, I mean, I don't think they have coaching to do it, but they, they squeaked one out against the struggling Saints team. And, you know, the Saints would be six and one right now. Um, but uh, this, this is a, a Giants team capable of destruction. I knew I mean, they um, totally the gave away the Washington game. They, they gave away the game last night. It's just like because I've seen them do it right. When we went into overtime with the Giants, the Saints, and the Giants, and the Giants got the ball first, I knew it was over because that was the best we, their offense has ever looked. Like with Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. Well, no one, no one has an answer for Kadarius Tony. No one had an answer for John Ross, and then Kenny Galladay went for like 120 yards playing just his classic X receiver. And then you, you're going to get Sterling Shepard back, and you know this is massive. What if? But what if Evan Engram started catching balls? Like Daniel Jones can take them to the playoffs, but but the freaking coaching is awful. But the coaching is holding this team back so bad. And Dave Gettleman, don't get me started on Gettleman. God, if I could be even meaner than I was today. If I was in a bad mood, I'd go off on Gettleman right now. This ain't a bad mood you're in right now. Uh, no, worse. That's kind of surprising. Just, uh, the fact that this team took a running back second overall, it's, it's just a disgrace that all things football. I mean, we, you know, I saw something today that is so true. We are watching the next Todd Gurley's right now. Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. We yeah. are watching it happen right in front of our eyes. Like arthritis. That's why you do not pay running backs. Yeah. No, but but there's a, a correct way to use them. The Saints were were going to trade for Marlon Mack if we didn't get Mark Ingram because we knew we couldn't feed Alvin this much and keep him healthy. And now he's back. That's why Derrick Henry's hurt. He's not taking hits. Right. And even Derrick Henry, who's a freak of nature, who, who's the size of a freaking pickup truck, even he's going to get injured. You know, there are yeah, correct good. ways to use these running backs for sure. There are correct ways. to use. I mean, uh, look at the Seahawks, Chris Carson. You run him 20 times between the tackles every game, not going to end well. He misses maybe six, seven, eight Delvin games a year, Cook. and that's because of it. Yes. Delvin Cook hurts his ankle once or twice a year and is out a few games. I mean, like, even – I mean, he's sustained injury, and I know I'm really harping on them because I am a Saints fan. Alvin Kamara is the, the only one who hasn't – screwed his career because he's going in between the tackles 25 to 30 times a game. Aaron Jones too. He, he got Aaron eight. Jones. He's another one. And, but drafting AJ Dillon, that's a strong call. Yeah. That's, that's they, a good they, point. They found the yin to his yang and they're able yeah, to switch it off. Definitely. Like, uh, the, the, you know, Kamara and Ingram boom and zoom they're back and Kamara looked better because his legs were fresh. So that's what I got to say. Steven, what you got? I mean, that's about it. We're going to post yeah. this on Sports Waves YouTube. Pinstripe House, their first episode under the TSW umbrellas up there. 
the FB analyst Bryce Martino, Theo Backman, Andrew Tova, Wavelengths Pod on Instagram, the sportswave.net, Sportswave Official on IG as well. We'll be back on Sunday. I promise I won't get any to any debauchery that'll cause us from that. We'll see you then.